I want to tell you about a podcast you should check out. It's called Understood Explains. This season of the show is hosted by teacher and special education expert Juliana Urtube, and it's all about how to navigate individual education plans, also known as IEPs. The latest season of Understood Explains covers topics like how to tell if your child needs an IEP and it busts common myths about special education. As a parent myself of a child who's had an IEP since kindergarten and he's now a 10th grader, I know how confusing, overwhelming, frustrating, sometimes daunting the whole process can be. I checked out an episode of Understood Explains called The Difference Between IEPs and 504 Plans. And what I love about it is how easily Juliana explains everything. She answers common questions that probably every parent or caregiver has. She dispels myths and is concise and to the point. To listen to Understood Explains, search for Understood Explains in your podcast app. That's Understood Explains. And there's a direct link in the show notes if you need it. Every time for a long time on this journey, I would be like, oh, if I see a coach and they're like, I'm offering this thing. I'm like, oh, I have to get that. This is what's going to solve it. Or, oh, I have to read this one more book. This is what's going to solve it. And still do those things if it makes you happy. But I just think eventually you have to come to the realization that like, let's go. You got this. No one is better than you. No one's more talented than you. Like you have everything everybody else has. You're listening to Make Some Noise Podcast, episode number 566, with guest Brendan Fitzgibbons. Welcome to Make Some Noise Podcast, your guide for strategies, tools, and insight to empower yourself. I'm your host, Andrea Owen, global speaker, entrepreneur, life coach since 2007, and author of three books that have been translated into 18 languages and are available in 22 countries. Each week, I'll bring you a guest or a lesson that will help you maximize unshakable confidence, master resilience, and make some noise in your life. You ready? Let's go. Hi, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the podcast. I'm so glad that you're here. Today's guest is a fun one. I was on Brendan's podcast, Spiritual Asshole. I feel like it was maybe last year. We'll put that link in the show notes. It was a, it was a great interview, I must say. I It was one of my top 10, I think. And he's just so funny and smart. I knew I wanted to have him on. It's kind of a conversation about shit that matters with unqualified people. But I, you know, I, I take it back. I feel like Brendan is a qualified people. So it isn't, and it isn't one of those episodes. It is more of an interview. Uh, at any rate, before we get into it, I wanted to mention a couple of things. Did you get my email about the survey? You didn't? Okay. It's at andreaowen.com and it's literally two questions. andreaowen.com slash survey, I should say. I'm not firing on all cylinders this morning. It is uh, the day before my period, <laughs> if I'm going to be totally honest. And man, I feel like the impact that the uh, different cycles make really starts to go into full effect when you're in perimenopause. Is it just me? I Yikes. Anyway, please forgive. Please forgive my slowness. But it's at andreaowen.com slash survey. And it's two questions I would love for you to answer. It helps me so much 
really figure out what are the best needs of you guys? What can I do to be of best service to you, to bring you the things that you want, to bring you the things that are the most helpful to you? We're going to do a bigger survey in the new year in 2024, but this one is just two questions. It will take you maybe one minute. Also, any links that I talk about here are all at andreaowen.com slash links. So maybe I'll just send you over there because the other thing I wanted to tell you, actually, it's two more things. Do you want to be coached here on the podcast? If you do, if you have a topic that you are stuck on, that you're struggling with, that you just kind of can't seem to unpack yourself, you would love a different perspective, you would love some coaching, then head on over to andreaowen.com slash links. The application to be coached on the podcast is there too. It's free. It's totally free. I just ask for your time and your release that the uh, the audio only can be released on the show. And it's fun. I've done it many times. And uh, yeah, that's for you, andreaowen.com slash links. The other thing is, do you remember when I was talking about going live on TikTok? And I was so excited for November 15th. And November 15th came. It was 6 p.m. Eastern time. I was even a few minutes early to go on TikTok Live. I was ready. I had a topic at hand. I was going to teach on for a little bit. I was going to answer your questions. Other people were had DM'd me on Instagram. They're like, oh, can't wait. And then TikTok, I, you know, I pushed the button to go live. And they're like, we need to verify your identity to make sure you're over 18. I was like, okay, I'll put in my birthday. No, we want you to take a picture of your driver's license. I was like, oh crap, okay, let me get that out. Then they wanted me to take a picture of me with the driver's license, but I got it backwards and I messed it up. And I took a picture of me with my driver's license in the picture when it was just supposed to be my driver's license. And then I was in such a hurry because at that point it was like three minutes after six and I don't like to be late to things that I hit send. And as I hit send, I saw a third thing that they needed. They wanted me to write down this code. You guys, you would think that I was applying for a job at the Secret Service for our federal government, for the President of the United States. They wanted me to write down this code on a piece of paper, hold that up, and take a picture of it. And I'm like, do you want me to be in the picture? Also, I need more instructions. But it didn't matter because it was too late, and I had already hit send. And they were like, thanks, we'll be in touch. That was the pop-up. And I couldn't go live. And the panic that ensued, because I had talked about it over here on the podcast. I had sent multiple emails to you guys. I had talked about it in my Instagram stories. It was embarrassing. And it's uh, five days later, and they still haven't. They still. Ha- I looked. I looked it up online, and there was a Reddit thread that said, "Like, oh, I'm still waiting after a week." This is a new thing, apparently, because I know other people. They were like, "Oh, I w- I've been going live for months, and it didn't do that." So I don't know. Maybe it was the first day that they implemented it. <laughs> I didn't know. And I scheduled the live with my TikTok account. You would think when I scheduled it, they would say, "Hey, you know what you need to do before you go live." Verify your identity and make sure that you're over 18. So here's all these steps that you're going to need to do. And it might take seven to 10 business days to actually, you know, that would have been the polite, courteous thing for them to do. And they did not. So 
here I am, just a lonely lady, never going live on TikTok, but I will. I will. And it's going to be epic, or at least it's going to be great. I mean, I don't know if it's going to be epic, but it's going to be great. All right. Let me tell you about our guest today. Brendan Fitzgibbons is a Los Angeles writer, actor, and host. He was a writer, performer on Comedy Central sketch show, Alternanino, Alter... Alternatino, I think that's how you say that, Alternatino, for TV and ComedyCentral.com. Previously, he was a writer on NBC Bravo's Blind Date and was the head writer-performer for the Huffington Post celebrity sketch series, Celebs Have Issues, with over 40 million views. He has a ton of other places that he's been on TV. It's all in his bio. You can read about it in the show notes. Uh, But also, he is the host, the podcast host of Spiritual Asshole, which was named Top Indie Podcast by Stitcher in 2020 and in 2021. So without further ado, here is Brendan. Brendan, thank you so much for being here. I'm so excited to be here. Uh, So the audience may not know this, but I have not done one of these conversations about shit that matters with unqualified people episodes in a minute. And I was on your show, Spiritual mm. Asshole. That's what it's called, right? Yeah, great job. Thanks for remembering. <laughs> I was on your show. What was it called? I don't one know. One last thing shit. for you to remember. It was one of those and podcasts. I, I just, I love the way that you held the interview so much. And I'm like, come on, come on my show. We'll figure out what it is that you're an expert in that you can come on for. And then I thought, let's do this. Yeah, my favorite thing is you were like, yeah, come on. You're not qualified. Get on this show. <laughs> I'll do your podcast and find out you're not qualified to do it. You're anything. not smart at anything that my audience would give a shit about. <laughs> you're, not, you're not cool. So it's just fine. come on in and we'll talk about different stuff. But you said right before we started recording that you were going to prove me wrong and that you are qualified. I mean, I'm insanely qualified. I'm, I do a lot of things. Like I'm a writer, actor, host and all that stuff. And it's funny in this industry now, it's like, you got to be all these things. They're like, what do you mean you don't TikTok? What do you mean you can't Photoshop? I'm like, bro. Can I just be good at talking? That's that's all I want. I just want to be good <laughs> at talking. It's not enough in LA anymore. <laughs> not enough. It's not enough. You got to work out. You got to have green juice. You can't have dairy. We talked about that for a while. You did moon juice too. Yeah. What's wait? What's moon juice? That's Gwyneth Paltrow's thing. Oh, I don't follow. I don't I follow that. Or or one of her friends, one of her bougie friends. But I, I specifically wanted to ask you first about like I, let's both talk about our experience with therapy. How mm. well, first of all, how long have you been in therapy? Like on and off. So I have ran the full gamut of self help coaches, therapists, and motivational people. I've been in and out of I guess what would you call therapy for six years, maybe. Okay, but. But I've also done like coaches and energy coaches. I've held crystals. I've sat in salt caves. We need to hear more about that. So like when I I back up, like when did like for me, it started, my parents announced that they were getting divorced and they, it was like a surprise Mm. and, and it wasn't like the kind of surprise, like, oh, we're having another baby later in life. Or like, we're taking a trip (laughs) to Australia. Let's go. It was, we're getting divorced and we never even fought. And so that's weird. (laughs) <laughs> and then they sent me to therapy, which oh, wow. it's never great when it's prescribed to you. <laughs> yeah, for sure. But I wasn't into it at first. I ended up loving it and have been on and off for 30 years. But like, what was your, was it, did you see ther- seek therapy first or was it a coach or energy healer? Yeah. Lord knows how many TikToks you've done about your therapist. <laughs> it's at like 150. It's like you're not impressed. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I started off actually on the journey. I grew up really Catholic, which was fun. I still feel like I'm getting like exercising myself from that. I think I still need to see an exorcist and just getting it all out of me. And then I discovered the secret in 2010. And that sort oh, of didn't changed. didn't we all? You I know. Were late we late to the party. I found it in 2007. What? 
Oh my yeah. God. Maybe, yeah, maybe it was like 2009. So I was like, this is it. This is everything. I'm going to get a vision board. And so far, two of those things have come true. But you know what? It's going to happen. It's totally fine. What's time? Hey, what's time really, guys? It's Einstein fine. time. There is no such thing as time. And so, yeah. So then that just set me down like this whole self-help journey, Wayne Dyer, Deepak Chopra. And then I started being like, well, I, I was, I'll get a coach. So I had an energy coach. Then I had a therapist. What does that mean? Slow, slow down. What does an energy coach do? You're a lot less spiritual than I thought. Who's qualified now? Who's qualified <laughs> well, that's now? That's very broad. That's very broad. Normally, it's like it's it's energy in terms of like your spiritual energy or mm. the energy you want to put off as you date. Like, is it was it chakras? <laughs> was it your aura? Yeah. So I would describe it as inception for your own brain. So it's basically like deep. It's a form of hypnosis in a way. I've also done hypnosis. It's a form of hypnosis, but for you basically are just visualizing and working on the energy that you already is in like your energy system. And I have to tell you, like, after a couple sessions, my life got significantly better. And that just really? sent me down this path. Yeah, it was crazy. Like what I saw and you're sober the whole time. I did it remotely with this lovely housewife in Ohio named Viv, who's still my friend. Can we drop her link in the show notes? Like, do you recommend her? I highly recommend okay, it. If, you, we'll if you're like just there. starting off in energy work, I would say go to her number one. She's a wonderful woman. We're still friends. And yeah, like, and at once I had those experiences, I was like, oh, all of this shit is true. So I just started going down the rabbit hole. Lately, I've been deciding that this rabbit hole is very long and I would like to end the rabbit hole. <laughs> I like to fill the hole up and be like, I've put in the time. I'm at the other end of this journey where I'm like, I'm done. It's I tweeted once. I was like, when does the help and the self-help kick in? <laughs> <laughs> That'd be a great book title. When does the help kick in? And I feel like now, you know, I have my own podcast. I've talked to, I think, 135 experts. And I'm not that saying that I'm an expert. What I am saying, though, is a danger in the self-help world, if you want to talk about assholery, is treating it like anything else in life where you're still trying to find the answers. Eventually, you have to decide that you have the answers. And I'm coming to seeing that really clearly now that all this shit is great, but if you're not putting it in practice and you're not believing in your own power, it's kind of like the next, just chasing the next high. I I, I love that. And that I wholeheartedly agree with that. And I'm, I'm sure that that is a great attitude to adopt living in Los Angeles and being in the entertainment <laughs> industry, which can be so, so much rejection and yeah. And auditioning and just difficulty and the people there. I mean, there's some great people in Los Angeles. I'm not saying everyone there is an asshole, but it can be complicated. Yeah. For me, it's the rejection of, yeah, this industry is definitely not easy. But I think it's more just every time for a long time on this journey, I would be like, oh, if I see a coach and they're like, I'm offering this thing. I'm like, oh, I have to get that. This is what's yeah. going to solve it. Or, oh, mm -hmm. I have to read this one more book. This is what's going to solve it. And still do those things if it makes you happy. But I just think eventually you have to come to the realization that like, let's go. You got this. No one is better than you. No one's more talented than you. Like you have everything everybody else has. And by the way, a lot of these people who say that they have all the answers, they're faking it too. Like totally. I do think imposter syndrome. I saw Jen Sincero talk um, like four years ago and she said the number one question she was getting from everybody is, what do I do? Help me. I have imposter syndrome. Help me, God. <laughs> And I feel like everybody has it. And once you realize that, you can say, I'm okay. And that's the first most important thing, I think. Yeah, I love that. Thank you. Thank you for, for speaking some truth. Do you feel like I'm qualified yet? Or what, I do. Do, I need to, I, I what will, do I need to do? I will wave my magic wand and yes, you are qualified. <laughs> but we're, I'm still calling it unqualified people. 
Uh, well, because, you know, in essence, like none of us are totally qualified. No, to talk totally. About. No. Totally and that's questions. the other thing. Like dig into some of these people's stories. I had Jeff Brown on and his whole thing is like, fuck all of the spiritual stuff. He He's a little too far on the other end. But he yeah, he said this great thing. He goes, the guru is the guru in the yoga studio because he's just trying to fuck everyone else. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, trust me, I've been there. I was like, wow. I mean, I don't feel that. But these people are not better than you. Tony Robbins is not better than you. He is a great marketer. He's a great marketer. He's great for inspiration. But you can do that if that's what you want. If you want to walk through hot fire all the time, go for it. Have fun. Yeah. Yeah. And take people with you. Do you have any like weird or traumatizing experiences with coaches, healers, therapists? Yeah. So one of the things I wanted to talk to you about, I've had a ton of coaches, is Remember when you, first of all, I highly recommend it, any kind of coach, just because for accountability alone, and they'll make you believe in yourself, which is Absolutely. Yep. I agree with that. So it's, again, it's about you. The first thing I would say is like interview them and make sure that it's a good fit. And I have found any coach that when you interview them, because most of them will give you like a free 15 minute consultation at the end, if they try to pressure you and they're like, well, you need to make a decision now. I'm always like, no, but I've Mm -hmm. had that happen to me a lot. That was being taught over, I think it got really, really big about five years ago. Like you'd have like a webinar and then that would send people to a call and it it was a sales call, but they, they offered it as like an hour long free coaching session Mm. and it was high pressure at the very end. And I was like, absolutely not. I would never do that. Like I, and this may be bad sales tactic, but I'm like, here's yes, I do think I can help you or no, I don't think I can help you. Here are my packages. Take as long as you need to decide. (laughs) That's just, no, but that's great energy. It's like anything else in life. Imagine you're in a store and the salesperson's like, do you like that? Do you want to get it? Do you want to get it? By the third time, you're like, I'm fucking leaving this old Navy. I shouldn't be here anyways. I'm an adult. (laughs) Old Navy. What am I doing in old Navy? I feel so disappointed just about everything when I leave old Navy. (laughs) I've gotten some good things there, but I'm just like. You just went to a really dark place. It was awesome. I saw your whole life just looking down. You're like, oh my God. I'm at we're actually doing this live from an old navy. <laughs> <laughs> from an old navy fitting room. And there's yeah. a pile of jeans next to us. It's a bad thing when you could spend thirty dollars and come home with twelve items. Like you actually don't really want that. <laughs> no. I so I had a therapist once that I was having some OCD tendencies mm. and no one could help me. And I go and see her and she had a really fancy office. I'm like, oh, she must be good. So she, it it was when I lived in Utah and she listens to my whole thing. And I'm like, probably crying at that point. Like no one's been able to help me. And, you know, do you, can you give me the solution? And she's like, well, have you tried handing it over to God? Mm. (laughs) Fuck. I just saw my whole childhood. Oh, I didn't know what to say. I'm sorry. And she was expensive because I was paying for this fancy office, I'm assuming. And I never went back and saw her again, which, you know. Hey, people listening, if like that's if that works for you every time, it's a miracle. <laughs> right. Good for you. Good yeah, for I you. grew up with that and my mom still pushes that. Well, it's just because you haven't given up to God yet. I'm like What do your parents is- think of what you do? My mom had a really hard time with my podcast to the point where she was going to come out to New York to tell me to stop at one point. But I I just told her I was like, "Listen, this is going to get so much worse for you." <laughs> 
I had a woman on my podcast who does something called the pussy codes. I'm like, this is your worst nightmare. Who is that? I need to have her on my show. She's awesome. Oh, shit. I forget her name. It was like a year and a half ago, but it's great. It's all about female empowerment. And she was awesome. Me doing spiritual asso was kind of like me, my spiritual coming out of the closet. And it was actually good because it was the last straw where I was like, I no longer care what my parents think anymore. I'm doing me. But that was tough, man. And I'm I'm older than I sound. Like, I've struggled a lot. When I started doing comedy, I was doing clean comedy for some reason because I thought my mom would get mad. I'm like, yeah. why, am, why am I doing this? This is not who I am. <laughs> Does she listen to your to the episodes, do you think? Or did she I told her to stop. Yeah, one time she listened to an episode where, oh, she found out, like, I, I'm really honest on it. Like, I was talking about probably sex, and she didn't talk to me for, like, three weeks. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. I have so many questions about this. Okay. Did you go to Catholic school? I did not, but I grew up extremely Catholic. And now my mom is like extremely Christian. She's like, I, in my opinion, she's in a Christian cult. Like I oh, know dear. that. Yeah, it's full on. Like she would never say that, but that's my opinion. <laughs> but people are like, hey, did you see that QAnon documentary? I'm like, no, I live it. I don't want to. <laughs> oh, it's like that far down? It's like that. Yeah. Okay. But not my dad though. My dad is the opposite. He's always like, Brennan, you guys... Listen, to, this is what your mother's reading. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, yeah. Oh, my gosh. I'm so it's sad. Okay. My condolences. It's like, okay. Like, everyone always feels so bad. Like, it's good, though, because in a lot of ways, it's helped me, like, with boundaries. Because for a long time, my mom was really pushing Christianity so hard. I mean, that we've had to have so many talks where I was like, if you send me another Christian book, we're not talking. Yeah. And so one day, I grabbed all the Christian books I have, and I went to housing work strip store in Brooklyn. I'm like, guess what? You're now a Christian bookstore. Here you go. Here's 7,000 Christian books. I don't want these. I tried Christianity. It did not work for me. And my mom will just be like, well, it's because you didn't go to the right church. That's the answer, you know? Of course. Did you try handing it over to God? This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. When it comes to raising kids, there's so much to consider. Things like, what do we feed them? When do we feed them? How do they sleep? What does it look like to raise kind kids? How does their nervous system work? How do I keep myself calm? What are my triggers? There's so much that comes into play. And we are distilling all of that information for you at Voices of Your Village podcast, where we bring experts in the field of early childhood and education and psychology and across the board so that you don't have to comb the internet for information. You get to show up and hang out and have shame-free, judgment-free conversations and insights into what it looks like to raise kind, empathetic, emotionally intelligent humans. I'm Alyssa Blask Campbell. I have a master's degree in early childhood education. I'm a mom of two, and I am walking this journey right alongside you doing this work. Come hang out with me at Voices of Your Village, and we can dive into real conversations with actionable tips. This is an interesting thing that happened to me recently with therapy that I want to get your thoughts. Okay. I had a therapist. Again, you have to feel like it's a good fit that I wasn't really vibing with. And on session two or three, she was just like, yeah, you seem really like literally she's like, you seem really down. I think you need to go on 
antidepressants. And I was like, I just met you. And I, <laughs> I got really quiet for a long time. Then I'm like, no, I'm not doing that. I'm like, I'm here for productive things. I want to work on solutions. You don't know me. I'm not doing that. And then I let her go. And then we never had another. This was this year. Wow. That's interesting. Like, well, I'm not a therapist, but it takes a long time for me to to be with a client where I already know their history of like how mm. they behave. And then if it if it changes pretty significantly, where it's like, the, it's the the practical, like if nothing is bringing them joy that used to bring them joy, I ask them, and this is like a coaching question, like, what do you think is going yeah. on with your mental health? Do you think that there might be issues with depression or something else and see where it goes? Like I would never tell someone, but I think therapy is a little bit different, but I do think that's pretty quick. I just think at a fundamental core, all of life is just a series of projections. And that sounds dark, yeah. but it's not like my therapist was like, well, in 2008, the economy was really bad. So I had to switch professions and I went on antidepressants. Literally the next session, she's like, have you thought about switching professions? And then she said, you should go on antidepressants. Think about when you go through a breakup, right? Okay, I want everyone to think about this. Talk to everybody, ask them what their advice for you is or what they would do. It's all what they would do. Yeah. So it's like, it's all fine. But I, I, what really changed me was in college, someone was saying, we were talking about therapy and they're like, I wouldn't trust, I would trust an auto mechanic to talk to me about my car. I wouldn't trust an auto mechanic to talk to me about me. Just because they're a therapist, they're not a God. They don't know you. Mm -hmm. It could be very helpful, but it can also be dangerous when someone's like, yeah, you should go on antidepressants. Cause I was like, even I was like, oh, do I need to do that? And I'm like, no, not yeah. that there's anything wrong with that. I'm not shaming people, but it's scary when somebody who's in has authority tells you something, you know? And sometimes life is just sad, you know, especially when you leave an old Navy. <laughs> <laughs> sometimes life is just sad. One star. Is it true? Like how much truth is there that comedians are the most fucked up people of like any profession? <laughs> So uh, here's my theory, and this is also applicable to everybody. I think comedians, number one, spend a lot of time alone, which I've really realized this last couple years. I'm on the tail end of this where I'm like, I can no longer be alone. I literally went over to my friend's house. She had a work call. I just like sat at her table so I can work by her. <laughs> just be near the energy and like hear just, her. Yeah. I'm going to workout classes, mostly just to be around other people. And I think that's really dangerous. Number two, what's really dangerous is aggressive rumination. And that is 100% a comedian's vibe. And especially it's also laced with a, a healthy level, sometimes unhealthy level of skepticism and cynicism because yep. you have to look through what's really going on. So you couple all that shit, it can be extremely toxic. And so it's great if you regulate it, if you have a community, but if you're alone and if you look at any comedian who was really sad, it's mostly because they were alone. It's mostly because, yeah, you spend a lot of time in your mind. Well, and the rumination is like they're they're trying to come up with jokes and bits and things like that, right? Yeah, I had this great happiness professor on my podcast and I was like, what's the number one happiness killer? And I was like, don't say rumination. Don't say don't, rumination. Don't say using humor is. <laughs> <laughs> she's like, oh, rumination. I was like, <laughs> Literally, she's the number one happiness killer is rumination. I personally feel, and I'd love to know what you think about this because you're, I think you're on a similar vibe, maybe not. People who are very analytical or what I call deep divers, mm -hmm. they go in. They think yeah. they're deep people tend to be the saddest people that I know because- 
And I'm counting myself. I don't think I'm that sad, but like, cause on the other side of like really deep rumination sometimes can be some darkness. <laughs> my short answer is yes. And, but in my experience, and maybe this is just kind of a, like an offshoot or ancillary piece of that is yes. And my sort of brand of that sadness is like deep, deep loneliness. Mm. And I think it comes from like being such an extrovert. Like I have always been that way. I love people. I love being, I would be the person who goes and like, just like is around people. Cause I want to feel their energy and hear people talk and laugh and, and do all these things, but it's, it's a deep sense of loneliness. And I also not only dive deep into my own stuff, but like I, and this can be really bad with boundaries. I want to dive deep into other people's stuff too. Like, I kind of joke here on the podcast that one of my favorite questions to ask people, and it's highly inappropriate at times, is like, who hurt you and what happened? I love it. I love that. I love inappropriate shit. Let's do it. (laughs) Yeah, I would say, yeah, and I I don't want to be dark. I do think that also the deep divers have the ability to feel kind of the best too, though. Like Mm -hmm. the other side of that coin is like, it's a, sometimes it's a wild roller coaster, but (laughs) you sometimes on the way down, could be a little painful. It could be beat up pretty bad. Yeah. yeah. Well, can we talk about this is like shifting gears because partly because I have some funny stories, some of which I don't think I've told on the podcast. Like, do you have any really weird first date stories? I just want to keep being sad. Uh, <laughs> That's good no, old Navy. That's good old Navy. <laughs> talk about rock bottom. Talk about bottom of the roller coaster. I hope I don't get any emails or DMs about how much people love old Navy. Like, <laughs> I do have some pieces in my closet from old Navy guys. No, okay. I do too. Get out of here. Okay. So yes, this story is crazy. I don't, it's long, so I got to figure out how to condense it. I was on a Bravo reality show. Oh my gosh. Which one? It's called Love Broker. It came out in like 2012. Okay. And it was a psychotic insane i'm still like did that happen it was was like a dating show crazy so i was like young in my comedy career i was in the park i was in brian park and this lady comes up to us me i was with my buddy and she's like hey do you want to go on a dating show my buddy was like absolutely not i was like yes (laughs) anything else in the world because i was just going through a breakup and because that was this was at a time when like reality stars were kind of popping off i'm like well this could really help my comedy career sure which is not untrue like yeah Mm -hmm. Exposure, right? So go on this reality show. It's called The Love Broker. It's this like bougie Upper East Side woman. She's like, I make matches happen. Okay. My name's my name's Lori Zaslow. Watch go out. off, Lori. <laughs> <laughs> they do this whole backstory. They go to my comedy show. Here's what fun fact about reality shows. In between takes, they want you to get wasted. Like oh. wasted, drunk. They were pushing alcohol on me the entire time. It would be like 9.30 and they're like... Sup, Brenna, you want a full vodka? Yes. Like, do you want a giant vodka with ice? Because they want you to be loose. Okay, so everything you see on a reality show, if you watch, they're making heightened choices. It's not really reality. Like, if you were on a date, there's some lulls. They they take out all of the boring shit and all of the bold things. So they always want you to be like, they'd always be like, I need you to make a choice. Do you like this girl or not? And you need to tell her right now. I need you to make a choice. Kiss her now or don't kiss her. And I'm like... Well, maybe I should talk to her. I don't know if I could just do this. Yeah, that's a lot of pressure. It's a lot of pressure. They go to my comedy show and already they, I didn't realize this, they already had a narrative for what I was. And my narrative was too funny for love. This guy's too funny for love. Too many jokes. He's not serious. I mean, if you're going to take anything that you're too something for love, 
That's not a bad one. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. You wouldn't want to be like too hairy for love. <laughs> <laughs> too fucked up teeth for love. <laughs> uh, too mean for love. He does a lot of insulting. I didn't know this. They filmed 25 minutes of my stand-up show that I ran. This is also an amazing story. So, okay. We bring all these people to my comedy show. We put it out on Craigslist. So there was like kind of some sketchy people that showed up. Oh my God. Yeah. But get Anytime this. Anytime you use Craigslist in a story, it's like, sketchy. Oh, only going downhill. Sketchy <laughs> as fuck. So it's so funny. Bravo starts moving all the sketchy people to the back. Okay. Before we start shooting. The host of my show, my friend Kyle, gets on this. They're filming this. He goes, what's up, guys? Thanks for coming out. Yo, how racist is Bravo? <laughs> It was awesome. Even Bravo was like, oh, fuck, we're busted. <laughs> okay, so they do 25 minutes. They take one joke from my set. The only dirty joke I told about masturbating. Mm-hmm. And then they aired that. My mom didn't talk to me for an entire weekend. Oh, damn it. <laughs> an entire weekend. She told me I let down the whole family because I told a masturbation joke. So they're like, okay, we're ready for your first date. So they match you on with this girl. We go to Bullmore Lanes in Times Square. Again, I'm kind of drinking. Her name's Caroline. Right before Caroline comes, they go, hey, Brendan, just so you know, Caroline's dad is dying of cancer and she's flying to St. Louis tonight. So just so you know. And I was like, what? <laughs> oh my. And so you have never met this woman yet, I have right? never met this woman. I was like, what? In my mind, I'm like, why is she even here? So this, of course, none of this made the show no, at not all. Not even like da- like like messaging back and forth on a dating app where one person no. eventually stops responding. You got to think about this is pre <laughs> this is almost pre dating app. So I've okay, never met right. this woman. I have I have no idea. She was really pretty, and like I, I, I don't want to say we hit it off because her mind was somewhere else. But I would have liked to have seen her again. And so we go on this date, and Mark, we're kind of having fun. But every time they cut, I'm like, are you okay? Like, is, is this going okay? They kept having me hit this gong. They're like, Brendan, go hit the gong. It's in the bowling alley. And okay. of course, when you see the episode, it's just like Caroline's saying a couple things to me and then me being like, hold on. And it's, I'm just hitting this gong. What was the representation of the gong? <laughs> Brendan's too funny for love. He can't be serious. So he's always dicking around. Okay. And doing... so, oh my God. Yeah. But then like the whole time I'm like on three drinks and I'm like, I, I, you like start to not even realize, like, I was like, is this even real? Like, what's going on? It's just like a minute. Is My this the dreaming. Truman show? Yeah. I'm like, <laughs> who am I? We have this date. I hit up Bravo. I was like, can I contact her? Because I was like, I want to know if she's okay. They're like, no. So I have no idea what happened to this woman. I have no clue, like, what happened with her dad. And they're like, okay, good news. This date didn't go well because whatever on the show, they're like, too funny, but Lori's got someone else. So I went on a second date with somebody and that was better. I got to kiss her, but, oh, this is a funny thing. So one of the things they did, they had me go to Madison Square Park to like size up girls. And like, we'd see girls walking by and Lori would be like, what's your type? And Lori was saying some like dirty stuff. This is 2012, but I kept diverting it. So she's like, she's like, well, yo, what do you think of her ass? I was like, well, she has a suitcase and that means that she's not really ready for commitment. She's always leaving. Because <laughs> I'm like, I'm not going to be the douchebag who's like, yeah, but they uh, want you to do. Did they leave in any of those jokes? Yeah, the suitcase joke is in there for sure. Okay. Okay. So if if Caroline is listening. Yeah. Caroline, I'm sorry. Up, she might listen to my show. <laughs> Caroline, I'm sorry. Well, she never, like, I never heard from her again. It was really bizarre. Like, it was just such a bizarre 
And then to see the show and like have it not be anything what really happened, it kind of really shows you what. And then I wrote on a reality show and you realize like how much of it is really planned. Really planned out and scripted and, and yeah. hopefully goes bad with sketchy Craigslist people. Yeah, of course. So I want to hear your stories. <laughs> okay, I have a couple. Let me start with this one because I don't know if I've told this one on the show before. So I went out with a guy who he and, and we I was 31. So we weren't in our 20s, but he he had two roommates and it was a house, which is fine. It doesn't bother me all that much. But there was a pull-up bar in the entryway to the kitchen. <laughs> and every time we he would walk by it, he would jump up and do pull-ups. <laughs> and I was like, I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing right now when he does this. It didn't just happen once. <laughs> You know, he'd be like walking around the house and and sometimes I'd be like following him if we were moving from like the living room to the kitchen or, or whatever. And I'd be like, whoa, like, you know, like, <laughs> it was like, you know, in, in like big parks where they have like calisthenics, like points. Yeah. <laughs> That's, That's what I so felt like good. doing. I'm like, is this like an obstacle course? Like, That's so, so like, good. Should I applaud? Should I like cheer him on? Like, I don't know what to do with my hands. So I think I just stood there awkwardly. And then one time I went over there and I cannot for the life of me remember if I don't think he had said, like, do you want to come over for dinner? But it was around dinner time. And so he goes into the kitchen, you know, does his pull-ups, <laughs> and then, like, goes to the fridge and gets out a steak. And it oh was like God. a really cheap steak. Like it wasn't like yeah. a good one or anything. It's just, you know, like on sale, like kind of starting to turn brown. <laughs> and then he cooks it for himself. And that's all he had. He had like a plate, you know, a Napoleon Dynamite. <laughs> Yeah, Uncle Rico has that plate with just a gross steak on it. That's what it was. Wait, what about he he didn't give you anything? He asked me if I wanted to. And it was like, I could tell he suddenly realized like that he was eating and I wasn't. And then he he was like, oh, do you want a bite? (laughs) I'm good. Was there any part of you when he would do the pull-ups that you're like, I should do a plank and we could just turn this into like a sweet exercise video? There's some like some aerobics it was so weird would you date a guy now if he had roommates i'm 48 (laughs) so So yes is he in his 20s (laughs) yes (laughs) oh man the roommate thing not a man in his 40s (laughs) yeah i was in new york and like people had roommates late and then i started being like i can't keep having roommates (laughs) yeah yeah. Yeah, that was funny. And then um I think that was that was all about him. <laughs> That's hilarious. So what happened? He just I ended up kind of ghosting him because like I didn't really like him, but he was good. He had a particular special talent, which I will not talk about because this is not an X-rated show. So I kept him around his a special story. talent. And you then it just guess. got to be too much. And I was like, I, I don't really actually like you. And then it was his birthday and a special I special talent <laughs> is so funny. <laughs> I can't remember how I knew it was his birthday, but I was at work and I asked my friend who I worked with, I wonder if I should like text him and wish him a happy birthday. She's like, do you want to open up those lines of communication? And I was like, no. So I didn't. Yeah. So then I had another one. Oh my God. This is embarrassing. Okay. So (laughs) I dated this guy who looked really great on paper. He was, he was good looking and he was smart and he had a really great job. He owned like this really great condo and in La Jolla. And I really liked his dog. He had a Weimariner. Oh, like, <laughs> that's a big deal. So we were dating for a little while and then we ended up sleeping together. And he had a high-pitched voice that he would use. 
during sex and it oh. like it like like kind of jarred me. <laughs> I'm like, what? It wasn't like baby talk. It was his normal like talking, but just higher pitched. And I told one of my girlfriends about it. So she started calling him Bobby Brady. <laughs> <laughs> if anyone doesn't know that reference. They had a family. The Brady's had a family band and Bobby was going through the puberty change. <laughs> oh, my gosh. So and I ended up like I'm like, I can't. And I didn't have this was a long time ago. This was before I was married for the second time. And I didn't have the communication skills to say, can you stop? <laughs> yeah. But also, like, if someone even did that, what? Like, I don't think there's any going back. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think we can come back from this. So I want to throw this out at you and see what you think. So there's a new I just talked to this uh, dating expert and there's this new dating trend it's called going full goblin mode. Are you familiar with this? No. Tell us everything. Full goblin mode is you first date, put it all on the table. Everything. <gasps> I love that. Like, so, yeah, about your I, I, could see, I could see you liking that. That's interesting. Yeah. <laughs> you tell each other like. Like everything comes I wanna, out first I want to ask people like, what would your exes say about you? Mm, <laughs> that's good. I think, yeah, that's not even super. I think super goblin mode's like. Okay, so here's everything that's wrong with me. Boom, let's do it. <laughs> because it's all like if they if they stay, then you're in. And I talked to this woman, Mia Lux, who has her own dating. She started her own dating site, a app. It's video based. It's really cool. And she said, like, I'm all about it because what's the point? It doesn't matter. And she said mystery's overrated. And I was like, I don't know if I totally agree with that, but full goblin. First of all, the term is amazing. <laughs> yeah, I love it. I love it right there. Yeah, but you've ever been freaked out if a guy like right away was like, okay, so here's what's everything that's going on with me. Um, good luck. What do you think? I would like it. But so, okay, so what would be your goblin mode that you would tell people? <laughs> I'll tell you mine and all my the goblin listening. <laughs> my go my goblinist of goblin modes is serial monogamy at a distance without me checking in really to see if I'm super into the girl. That's goblin mode okay. where it's like, I, I'm very good at like commitment, but then I can be distant in that commitment because I don't really know if it's something that I really want. Oh, so okay. So you're still questioning if you want to be in a committed relationship. Yeah. But like that's re committed relationships are like so easy for me. It's just like natural, like one minute we're like having fun. And then three years later, we've been to all the brunches and I'm like, what happened? Right. This time just like I've had all the fights, I've had all the brunches. Right. So I'm really working on like, what do I really want? That's really important. I think putting my needs, I got pretty heartbroken in my 20s twice. And then I think I kind of shut down. And okay. I was like, yeah, yeah. And that's probably part of like your goblin, you know, stuff. Yes, definitely. Tell someone. Yeah, mine is that I'm still traumatized from my first marriage, that <laughs> I have serious <laughs> abandonment issues. Yeah. That I'm still working on. And so therefore I will still attract people that will inflame those. Uh, even though I'm trying not to, <laughs> I unconsciously do it. And then I can be incredibly controlling. Oh, that's tough. How so? I want things my way. L look at my screensaver. Like it literally says I get what I want. <laughs> <laughs> but that's a, it, This is an interesting point though, because I do think there's a world in which you can always get what you want without being controlling. Sure. 
And and there's a caveat. Like I get what I want, and I have a friend that's been on the show several times, Rachel Luna, and she says, "If not this, then something better." So I yeah. don't always get exactly what I want, but I also believe that if not this, then something better. However, at my and that's at my worst, I'm controlling because I I do think that my way is the best way sometimes, and it might be because I grew up an only child. My my siblings are much much older than me, and just type A, you know, yeah. t- stuff. Compromise for me has to be. Sometimes it has to be pointed out by my partner, like, hey, yeah. you're being shitty and you're not. <laughs> and I'm awesome. I'm going to say something controversial that's going to fuck up everyone's minds. I actually don't think you need to compromise in relationships. I actually think that you can come to a place vibrationally where you don't need to do it. That's, that's, what, I, that's what I think. That you can actually get, you, can, you, Andrea, can get what you want all the time. And not actually have somebody go out of their way to, I've never been married, but I've been in a lot of long-term relationships. So that's, I'm going to say it. And if you, guys an example. Want, if you guys want to come for me at Old Navy. <laughs> you work the weekend shift. No one told us the truth about parenthood. Why? This is the podcast everyone needed before they had kids, because now that those little ones are here, whew, there is a lot to unpack. I'm Rachel Shepardota, and I am your host for the podcast, No One Told Us, where we tell the truth about parenting and let you in on all the stuff you really should have known about before having kids. I am the founder of Hey Sleepy Baby, but this podcast is so much more than sleep. We'll be diving into all the topics that you really care about and need to know while you do your best job raising those adorable, tidy humans. Our goal is to just make you feel less alone and less overwhelmed. There are so many things that no one tells us before becoming a parent, and I think that we should really pull back the curtain on becoming a first-time or second-time mom or dad to share the good, the bad, and the ugly. We'll have a little education, a little fun, and a whole lot of heart that goes into each and every episode. So join me and our amazing guests each week to hear us talk about what no one told us. Well, hey there, Busy Mama. Are you looking for ways to make your life easier, your home less chaotic, and at the same time, add more joy to your life? My name is Deanna Yates, and I'm the host of Wanna Be Clutter Free a podcast all about letting go of the stuff we don't need in our lives so that we can focus on what truly matters. Don't worry, I'm not going to tell you to throw it all away or make you feel guilty about keeping something you love, no matter how many other people don't quite understand it. But I will give you practical and more importantly, actionable advice so that you can make progress right away. And you won't just hear it from me. There are amazing guests too. It's like having your bestie in your pocket, telling you it's okay to let go of the things that are not serving you and your family in a totally non-judgmental way. So join me over on the podcast where we can work on progress over perfection for those of us that want to be clutter-free. Here's an example. I dated a girl for six years that I really always really wanted her to meditate, and I made it an issue. I was like, you need to, like, you would be a lot happier if you meditated. Like, she was very type A controlling. You guys would get along wonderful. And <laughs> no, we she's would awesome. not be meditating. you <laughs> <laughs> not be meditating. You'd be like, let's talk about how fucked up this dude is. <laughs> yeah. So I pushed it the whole time. And she didn't really ever do it. Ever. Okay. And then we broke up. She ended up marrying, like, a Christian rock singer. And now I think she's, like, way more in touch with her spirituality and it was almost because I was pushing against it so hard that she wasn't doing it. Do you see what oh, I'm yeah, saying? A hundred percent. 
Yeah. I know, but that's that's what I mean. Like, if you really want somebody to change, you can change them first in your mind. I know that sounds really wonky, but it's true. It's actually better than to push against them and be like, why aren't you doing this thing? It doesn't work, man. I'm telling you, I've been in a lot of relationships to like point at someone and be like, I need you to change and do this thing. Mm -hmm. It does not work, nor would you want it to work because unless the guy's like, okay, there's a way to have a nice discussion where you can somewhat, I guess, meet in the middle ground, which would be compromised. But you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Well, and that that's an interesting example. I appreciate you bringing it up because it cause thank it you. Like hey, thanks. You, you wanted, and we're done. But <laughs> I, it sounds like you wanted her to meditate because first and foremost, it was going to benefit you. Yes, which is always why anybody wants someone else to do right. something, anyways. Exactly. So my point is like you can change you. Yes. Then I've dated girls afterwards where I'm like, I'm never going to say a single thing about self help. You do you, and I've seen them change way more that way. Yeah. Okay. Way more. The type of controlling that I would do is trying to get my needs met. So for instance, so my ex would never like plan fun quality time for us to be together. It was always about his family. We were always hanging out with his family. And I loved those people, but I also wanted to spend time with him. So it was this constant fight that we would have. I would get angry because it would be, you know, like, oh, he's going out with his friends again, or there's another birthday party with all these people. And so what I was trying to control was his schedule, you know, like, oh. and, and his extracurricular activities. And I wanted it my way. But it really wasn't about that. It was just like, I wanted him to fucking pay attention to me. Like, you know, that's what it was. And so it took me a long time to realize like, well, and I talk about this on the show. It's like, it's usually never about the thing that we want. Yes. It's the feeling or, and or experience that we think we're going to get from it. Because even if he had paid attention to me, I might have gotten that and been like, you know what? I don't really like you very much. Like That's exactly probably what would have happened. Probably. <laughs> I would probably still be married to him. <laughs> control also is just one of those things. It's an illusion. You know, it's like because we can't control other things. Like I couldn't control my emotions. I couldn't control my daddy issues and stuff. So I wanted to control things like schedules. <laughs> yeah. Well, I feel like that's how people become like neat freaks and all that stuff mm -hmm. and like always be cleaning. Yeah, it's something that actually this lesson I really need to apply a lot more in my professional, like with careers and stuff where I'm not pushing against stuff because I do think things will naturally happen if you don't push so hard against them. That's very Zen of you, which brings us back to our original conversation. And before we go, I want to ask you, because you have worked with so many different healers, coaches, therapists, do you have any tips for people on how to find, I get that question a fair amount, like how do I find someone who's a good fit? Because it can be exhausting. Google is incredible. If you want to find a therapist, psychology.com is incredible. Psychologytoday.com. Psychology Today, thank you. But if you want to find a coach, I would, especially if you've, like, they're on so many podcasts, I would go to their site. I would read reviews. I would make sure you get that 15 to 20 minute consultation and ask them a series of questions. And in a way, it is like dating. I recently did something called the emotion code. It was a, a different kind of modality about releasing trapped emotions. This famous chiropractor wrote this book 30 years ago about it. And now people practice. And I had two people I interviewed to work with. And the first guy was like, this is just not a match. He's like, he was like 75. And I just wasn't feeling at all on the same level. And you're under no obligation. You're like, okay, thanks. That was great. Mm -hmm. So I think read the reviews. For me, it was always like, which people's clients got the most results that I was looking for. So if you're looking to for love and you're this coach, you read all these reviews and people are like, I found my significant other or like my ex came back, whatever you want. That's 
then I, and they all have like similar experiences, I would say hire that person and make it make it worth it for you, you know. Yeah, I like that. And another question you might want to ask is like, would they be able to share, you know, obviously they can't release details, but like a client where it didn't work out and they weren't able to help them. And what were the circumstances surrounding it? Yeah, that's really cool. I had an like the best manifestation coach ever. Her name's Julia Christine. She's in Australia. And I really, she's going to do my podcast at some point. And she has a whole Facebook group that where people post their wins. And it's just like really inspiring. Like it, I, w- I was like, oh, this is awesome. And then it makes you feel like, well, of course it can happen for me, you know? Yeah. I actually, just to real quick go back, I found the secret. So it, the book had been out for a while, but it had just come out on DVD oh, yeah. in 07. And my, I, it was perfectly perfect. The timing was so amazing because my life had just completely fallen apart. This is post like, which first marriage? This it, it was after my first marriage. Okay. And the fake cancer guy and everything. So it was after that. <laughs> And then didn't I talk about that on your show? Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. Okay. And I like on my podcast too, you're like, everyone knows this story. <laughs> everyone. This is old news, Andrea. But that movie came out and I was like, this is it. Yeah. And it actually at the time it worked. And I do, I always want to say this about the law of attraction. I think it is just riddled with privilege. I think that's just something that has to be named. Like, of course, it's easier for people to to manifest things who have like better resources and better connections and don't aren't a part of a marginalized community. But I, I think there's some some great things to be said about it. And I want to know what the two things are that came true on your vision board. Mm. Do you remember? I mean, moving to LA and it being really good. My story coming out here was awesome. And I also just booked, I really wanted to do mocap video games for this very famous video game company where you put on the whole suit, you got the little balls and you okay. like act yeah, and you yeah, act in the video games. Yeah. I can't talk about the company because they had to sign 900 NDAs, but it came true last year and it was nice. incredible. Congratulations. And it was like the, the best day of my life. It was so much fun. Did you actually have a picture of that on your vision board? I had I had a literal booked jobs name of the company. Wow. Yeah, I think that all of my stuff is going to come true. It's just taking a lot longer than I would have liked. You need liked. to have a screensaver that says, I get what I want. I get what I want. I've, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I control who I want. You're all under my rule. You're all under my power. They're all under my power and they all do pull-ups in the kitchen. (laughs) It's such a good story. (laughs) That's great. Those are my... Oh, I have one more really quick that... I wrote about this in one of my books, but you don't know this one, Brendan. I went on a first date with someone and we'd been talking for a long time, like on the phone and via email. He was a cop, which should have been my first red flag. And we're (laughs) we're at dinner and he... Is t- and he was super funny, so funny. And he's telling this riveting, funny story. And I'm like, like leaning in like, oh my gosh, I cannot wait to hear the punchline of this story. And he says the punchline. And I said, I exclaimed as one does when they hear something re- really funny, like I like they, they can't believe. I said, shut the fuck up. <laughs> and he said, it was like this long, uncomfortable pause. And he goes, you are too sweet and pretty to use that kind of language. Oh, uh, oh. I was like, this oh motherfucker just shamed me. And I was in that place of like not like now it would have been hilarious what I would have said. Oh but yeah. I just I didn't say anything. And yeah, that was bad. People who don't like swearing, I'm like, oh, now I really have to swear around you. <laughs> <laughs> it is nothing it means nothing. It's fine. Oh, I'm so glad I dodged that bullet. Oh, okay. How did you go out? Did you keep going out with him? 
I did. I slept with him. Oh, man. <laughs> terrible sex. The whole time where you like, shut the fuck up. Yeah, yeah. You should have. Oh, my you, God. When he shamed your swearing, I'm sure that guy would be a blast. <laughs> it was so bad. It was so bad. And then he just like rolled over and turned golf on. And I was like, get me out of here. <laughs> oh, my God. And he's like, are you mad about that? I'm like, I'm mad about so many things, but I have to go. (laughs) (laughs) And shut the fuck up. (laughs) Oh, I looked him up recently because he then slid into my DMs a couple years later on Facebook. I was like, classic. But because I was telling the story on another show, I looked him up online and and I I was like all mad. And then he works at a different police department, but still in Los Angeles. I won't say where. And I saw a picture of him. I was like, oh. You know, that's why I slept with him. He was pretty cute. <laughs> like, still pretty good looking in his uh, late 40s. Okay, that was a good, good, good move. Good move. <laughs> okay, that's fine. That's great. Uh, okay, where can people go to find you? Obviously, your podcast, Spiritual Asshole. We'll put that link in the show notes. Where else? On Instagram, at the underscore Brendan Fitzgibbon, Spiritual Asshole Podcast. I'm always making videos on Instagram and TikTok. Which at are the so unders- funny, I will say. I love it. Thank that. you. Yeah, I have some coming out that I'm really excited about. So, And then, yeah, like... I'm always making stuff, working on pitching shows, all the things. So check me out. Awesome. Thank you so much. We'll have all those links in the show notes. Everyone, thank you so much for being here and for listening. I appreciate your time. And remember, it's our life's journey to make ourselves better humans and our life's responsibility to make the world a better place. Hey, listeners, if you work for a company that does professional development, did you know that I offer leadership training, more specifically, empathy and assertiveness and how it makes stronger teams? You can see more on my speaking page at andreaowen.com slash speaking, where there's also a contact button there so you can fill out that form and let's chat. Are you overwhelmed by the things that get in the way of you doing what you want to do? Are you looking for ways to simplify life to better align with your values? Do you want to create space in your schedule so you have room for more of the good stuff? Play, joy, relationships, gratitude, and more? If you answered yes to any of these questions, I invite you to check out Edit Your Life, a podcast to help you edit the unnecessary from your life so you have more room to enjoy the awesome. Through episodes with me, Christine Coe, and a range of super smart, compassionate, and thoughtful guests, you'll come away with big picture insights and practical ways to declutter your home, schedule, and mental space without getting bogged down by perfection. I have always believed that small moments and actions matter tremendously. My goal is to help you find agency and space in your life through doable baby steps that will leave you feeling accomplished instead of overwhelmed. Check out Edit Your Life wherever you enjoy your podcasts.